Welcome to Behind the Screen, a bonus interview series from Forward Movement, featuring author conversations with our managing editor, Rochelle Thompson. Hi, welcome to this issue of Behind the Screens, a conversation with our writers from Forward Day by Day. Today we're with Robert Tubles, an Episcopal priest, an artist, a husband, and a member of the Ogallala Lakota tribe, and who lives and works in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Robert, welcome. It's nice to have you with us. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Rochelle. It's good to be uh, with you all today. So you're our writer for the November issue of Forward Day by Day. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm an Episcopal priest. Uh, I was ordained uh, back in uh, 2000 in the Diocese of Los Angeles, uh, where I'd served uh, for almost seven years uh, as their uh, one of their uh, missioners or uh, uh, running the um, Native uh, Indigenous program there mm-hmm. in, this, in the diocese. And then uh, from there, I uh, moved up here to Minnesota where I been for the last 15 years uh, working with the, uh, primarily with the Dakota and Ojibwe nations mm-hmm. as the uh, commissioner for the Department of Indian Work, Multicultural Ministries. And I have a small mission church in South Minneapolis, uh, not far from the third police precinct that, that we had, you know, the recent uprisings for the George Floyd murder. Uh, but the hands of an officer and uh, only blocks away from there and live in the neighborhood and from our churches as well. So uh, we're very close to all that. Yeah. And uh, also an artist. And mm-hmm. um, What kind uh, of art? Uh, primarily a painter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you uh, like? To, what do you like to paint? Well, uh, currently I'm just doing mostly uh, figures and the uh, uh, shapes, things like that, and working with color, uh, trying to find uh, something that'll um, speak to me. Um, you know, for that's, a lot of artists go through those kind of motions and mm-hmm. you know, develop an, another technique or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm working with. That's wonderful. Yeah. That that must have been a really difficult time and continues to be I'm sure for your congregation and the neighborhood to be so physically close to such a horrific uh, loss of life and murder of George Floyd yeah it was a lot of tension for a while there um, you know my, my church we have a program called First Nations Kitchen that we started about 13 years ago and um, where we give away fresh produce and a, 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 a nice uh, home cooked meal mm-hmm. to go. And we prior to the, the, the uprising, we would have a sit down dinner, but because of COVID, we started uh, doing everything outside. So we give away takeout and, you know, a bag of fresh produce. Right. We, we've seen that since uh, that time period, it just, and COVID, you know, just, we see that there's a real need for, uh, uh, People have a real need for to have uh, something good to eat, you know, mm-hmm. fresh produce. Right, right. Yeah. 
I tell me about your experience of writing for forward day by day. Did you have a a day that you did it or a time of day or a practice for your writing and your creativity with that? Well, you know, since I'm an artist, you know, I have to have something that will have to come to me and then I got to start writing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it'll, I'll lose it. Right. So there were some days where it was just, uh, you know, like a desert where there's mm-hmm. nothing coming to me. And um, so with that said, there'd be then a few days where I'd have to do several pieces at once. And uh, well, not at once, but one after the other. Right. And, uh, you know, at first I thought it was going to be uh, something that was going to be fairly simple, you know, to do something once a day. But I found that uh, to, to write something that's uh, real meaningful and, and deeply spiritual, that response to the readings was uh, uh, much more difficult than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh you know, it was, there were some days where it was just nothing. Yeah. Just yeah. Staring at I, a blank screen, you know. <laughs> I think that's a little bit like life and probably like our spiritual life some days is that some days it just feels kind of barren and then other days we're able to tap into that. One of the stories that I loved that you, I wondered if you would share it with listeners is about um, when your dad signed you up for the Brotherhood of St. Andrews. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that was, you know, I was just a kid then. And, uh, you know, Brotherhood of St. Andrew in Episcopal Church is, uh, you know, nowadays, I think, considered fairly conservative. And, you know, uh, it's like a, I don't know, like a men's club. You know, uh, so it's uh, conservative in that way. But a lot of times, uh, I think nowadays, it's really uh, considered in a, uh, a more, I don't know if you want to say negative light or not a very positive light, whatever. But, you know, back in the 70s, it was, you know, something that uh, was quite active, you know, especially in South Dakota. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he had signed my brothers and I up for it. And so we were members and didn't know quite what it was or what to expect. You know, we, we just, you know, joined the club and not knowing exactly what it was and what it stood for. But uh, I think in that story, I, that talked a little bit about uh, how you know, just kind of had forgotten about, you know, that I was a member, you know, and I think uh, the membership lapsed probably. And then like a few years ago, I'm in the Diocese of South Dakota and the bishop there gave me a, a letter addressed to me, but it was sent to their offices and uh, it was from the brother of St. Andrew, you know, and they were looking for, you know, asking if, I was going to pay my dues that year from, you know, I like late seventies or something. Right. <laughs> God will find you. And so will the brotherhood of St. Andrews. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> That's great. Well, tell me, so you come into, you came into writing this and of course your ministry as being an Episcopal priest in a part of an indigenous community and with cultures and traditions um, from both the church and from your community, how how did you want to share that with listeners, and how does it um, impact your ministry today? Oh, well, I mean, it's it's hard. I guess you know when I 
when I look at my ministry, you know, what I do is uh, come from the gospel. You know, what is gospel calling me to do right. in, in the world? And, uh, and then coming from a Lakota tradition, you know, what is my Lakota tradition's culture uh, say to me in today's world? And so it's a real integration of both mm -hmm. those uh, traditions. Mm -hmm. you know, the, you know, coming from the gospel and coming from the Lakota tradition and how does that inform me and in what I do in the world today? Mm -hmm. um, you know, in today's society, you know, it's, you know, it's secular, it's, you know, uh, it's you know, very political, very divided, mm -hmm. uh, very modern, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, less and less people are, um, you know, believe in God or a higher power or whatever, uh, agnostic, atheist, whatever. And so, you know, it's becoming more and more difficult to navigate that, mm -hmm. you know, as, a, as somebody who's a, a believer, somebody who's a person of faith, right? You know, somebody who follows the way, you know, it becomes more and more difficult. And a lot of times, you know, you, you, some ways, you know, you're almost like an outsider. Some ways you're, you're not, but it's just, you know, trying to, to find a, a way to go through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, tell us, uh, is there a story in particular? I, I talked about the Brotherhood of St. Andrew's story because I thought that was funny. Um, but is there another story that you shared here that you would want to, that um, you've you thought that listeners might enjoy hearing from you? Um. um uh, it's it's, uh, it's interesting. I'm just kind of drawing a blank now. Um, have to think about that for a sec. Uh, well, yeah, I think one would be, uh, you know, when I when I traveled to New Zealand and mm -hmm. spent a you know number of days with the Maori there, and, and uh, was, we were talking, looking up at the night sky, and uh, remember first. One of my colleagues I was with, you know, he pointed out, he goes, you know, hey, look, there's there's the Southern Cross, mm. you know, and, and that's the only place, the only place you could see is in the Southern Hemisphere, right? Mm -hmm. And looking up, and I was just like kind of amazed by sort of how the night sky looked different because mm -hmm. we we're in the, you know, in the, in the South, and you know, so it's, next I I asked the uh, his name's. Uh, Archbishop Don Tamahari. Mm -hmm. uh, he's, he's in his about late 40s, early 50s, and just really very knowledgeable about the Maori ways. And so he started telling me the, the stories about you know how, what they seen the Southern Cross. And, and we started talking about what's called the Milky Way and mm -hmm. relating to Mark traditions, you know, with the with the uh, uh, the spear road and the concept of that and and then we just talked about how the differences are you know with the night sky and he goes yeah we had that same that same uh feeling you did when we first visited you in mm -hmm. your home you know we looked up at the sky and said it was different yeah you know? and it's just interesting to to be able to meet on that sort of level mm -hmm. and have a conversation and talk about our stories mm -hmm. You know, that are uh, centered around you know looking up at the night sky and so you know 
ever since then, you know, uh, when we, when we, even before that, you know, just always looked up to the night sky, you know, if I'm in a different place. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, uh, it definitely connects me back to uh, my folks back home and, you know, and uh, it's always interesting to hear other stories around the night sky. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, tell me what spiritual practices uh, keep you fed? What are the, what are things that feed you and nourish you spiritually? Um, I think mostly of late, it's been uh, doing a lot of reading, different things, uh, not, not necessarily religious uh, Christian authors, but, you know, just other stuff, you know, um, uh, things about music, uh, artists, uh, uh, historical tracks, things like that. Um, and then I listened to a lot of music. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we were my household here, you know, my, my wife sings, she's in a band. She also sings in choirs uh, ever since I've known her. My daughter's a singer. You know, she's in a she's in a band, so you know it's it's a household of music, and uh, it's something that keeps me connected spiritually to, uh, you know, the to God, to you know my understanding of the higher power. It's a path that leads me to that, uh, to to my through my beliefs keeps my faith calm. And of course, then a prayer, constant prayer. You yeah. know, wake up say prayers, pray in between, and then go to bed at night, give thanks. Nothing elaborate, nothing, you know, just simple prayers through the day. What do you hope readers will take after they've read through November, they've traveled the month with you? How do you hope, um, what do you hope they'll remember? And how do you hope that they'll respond to your writing? Well, I'd hope that they remember like some of the stories that, you know, maybe that'll uh, massage their thoughts and their memories. And maybe they have those similar type of stories mm-hmm. that they then connect to the readings or to the gospel, even, you know, and be more contextual. And I think then, you know, the, the word becomes life, you know. Yeah, Absolutely. Thank you so much for talking with me. Is there anything that you would want to add that I didn't ask today? Um, no, but I just want to say that, you know, to be able to uh, write this, these daily meditations were uh, really, uh, for me, a, a great experience. I enjoyed doing them, even though at some points they were really uh, challenging and difficult and, you know, trying to work on a blank slate, basically, you know, it was, uh, <laughs> it was tough. Right. Great, but once I got rolling, you know, it was it was just fun to to drop some of these stories, you know, mm-hmm. connect them to the readings. Yeah. I really enjoyed it overall, you know. Yeah. Well, wonderful. I think I can't wait for readers to experience and and travel with you. And some of the stories were really um, impactful for me, and I know they will be for others. So thank you for sharing yourself and sharing your faith and um, your gift of writing. Thank you, Michelle.